We're Metapod, a podcast about the new era of podcasting. With everything and everyone entering the podcast space, there's not a lot of industry talk covering the action. So we'll be taking a closer look at the developing podcast industry. Who are we? I'm Henry Gorilafond. And I'm Matthew Justin. And we're two music industry geeks out to discover what's happening behind the scenes and mega deals of podcasting. After looking at how podcasting affected DSP's technology features, that means how Spotify works and how Apple Music works in last week's episode, we thought we'd flip the script this week and talk about how tech is affecting podcasting. This came about as we were planning this week's episode and Matthew brought up Clubhouse, which I must admit caught me off guard. How is the new darling of online content related to podcasting? I mean, wasn't this just an app for Silicon Valley people? On the one hand, it's quite obvious. It's audio content that can be accessed online. I mean, if you think about how we currently use podcasts, which is just logging into the Spotify app and playing something, the experience of going on Clubhouse could be quite similar. On the other hand, I thought of quite a few differences. I mean, for one, Clubhouse looks more like social media or interactive technology. It really could remind one of half Facebook, half Twitch, half Instagram Live. And all of that is pretty far from the original intent of podcasting if we remember something like the serial podcast that was built around a story and had a lot of research and staging. So our main question is, is Clubhouse podcasting and if so, why? I think the link to be made with podcasting is quite clearly through audio. But as I noted, it's a problematic link because we've got a lot of video podcasts, you know, like the really famous ones uh, like Joe Rogan and Joe Budden that really occupy that style of big market podcasting. We could say that in those video podcasts, the most important content is audio, and that might help us bring them together. But then the problem is that defining podcasting as spoken word video or audio content is that you end up with a lot of things that are not podcasts. For example, a lot of YouTube videos fall in that gray zone. It's really about what the host is saying, and it might be with video, but they're still not really podcasts. They're simply web content. So if we have to think podcasting alongside Clubhouse, I think a better way of defining the overlap is through form or the intent of the content. It is about, I think, the casual chatter and the conversational tone that lands somewhere between a formal interview and grabbing a beer with someone. As Matthew will develop later, there really seems to be a lineage of talk radio that's now blending in this podcasting space. So to sum it up, I think Clubhouse is related to podcasting, but not so much through the audio format but more so through the conversational format. The emphasis is to be able to capture spontaneous conversations that are easy to listen to and built around human voices. But I think Clubhouse is also very different from podcasting since it rethinks its distribution model or how content is accessed. 
After all, Clubhouse seems to be simply a new way to access content online. And in that way, it's competing on a bigger scale against YouTube, radio, TV, maybe even perhaps Google as different modes of sharing and accessing content. So that's a bit of framing to guide our discussion in today's episode, but I'll leave it to Matthew now to provide more nuts and bolts of what Clubhouse is actually like. Uh, Clubhouse launched March 2020 and has become Lockdown's first big app success story. It's the first big success since TikTok and the first American social media company to break out in years. Its founders, Paul Davison and Rohan Seth, met in 2011 and in 2019 built a prototype podcasting app, TalkShow. But they felt it resembled a straight-ahead broadcast too much, so they started working on ways for people to join in, adding a way for multiple speakers to broadcast at once, and letting people move between rooms as if they were going from stage to stage at a music festival or a business conference. This became Clubhouse, which launched in March. So what is it? Well, it's audio and a fairly basic user interface that I'll get to later. There are no posts, there are no pictures, there are no videos. In their words, it's, quote, a new type of social product based on voice. Also, as of now, nothing is recorded, so if you miss it, it is gone. Now, invite-only growth has led to a fairly homogenous user base and controversy about racist, sexist, other undesirable behavior in its rooms as well. One Music Ally writer referred to it as, quote, an absolute hellscape of desperate tech bro hype beasts, unquote, and also, quote, a Bitcoin meetup at Burning Man, unquote. Nonetheless, it's made a big splash with estimates of nearly 6 million users so far and uh, Clubhouse clones by Facebook and Twitter already on their way. While Clubhouse has raised more than $100 million in funding last month and was valued at $1 billion, it has struggled to handle the surging traffic, crashing a number of times in recent weeks. And based on what Matthew's telling us, especially the big dollars, you really know we're in tech territory. So yeah, Clubhouse was developed by techies, in a way for techies, and it makes sense. The focus isn't really on making podcasting better or providing better podcasts. It's quite decisively about providing you with better things to do on the internet, or as Matthew mentions, playing in the attention economy. It's an important point to bring up for a few reasons. I think the tech-first approach actually fits quite well with what Spotify is doing, finding new ways for you to consume media content. Podcasts are a way for people to consume culture in spaces where they may not have been able to before. Just think about how many people will now listen to podcasts during the workday, whereas while some may have dreamed of watching TV at work before, it just didn't work so smoothly. And to keep people entertained in these different spaces, you really don't need great podcast content. It seems like even a terrific state-of-the-art podcast studio might struggle to do that. In fact, what you'll need is good technology, the right promotion tools, and very digestible content. Even if that means actually making the content more accessible through more casual discussions that are easier to follow. The other important point is that, in a sense, podcasting, well, the clubhouse version, 
is a means to an end within a larger battle for people's attention. It's the reason why, in the first part of the episode, I asked about whether Clubhouse was podcasting. Because if the end goal is simply people's attention, or their engagement with the content, if, as Matthew described it, it really is a product based around voice, then Clubhouse is competing not against podcast studios, but against the YouTube, Twitches, and Instagrams of the world, the kind of places where we spend time in our digital lives. A good example of this is the way in which Clubhouse provides access to famous people. In that sense, it's part of a wider business trend that includes Patreon, Substack, OnlyFans, or Cameo. The product is, in fact, feeling close or intimate with someone famous. Again, pretty far from the intentions of original podcasts like Serial. So it kind of leaves us with an impossible question. What is podcasting the name of? Is it a cultural practice? or a product to capture people's attention. To help us decide, let's take a closer look at how the Clubhouse app actually works with Matthew. Cool. Well, it's worth bearing in mind that it's kind of an audio LinkedIn, big on networking where nothing is recorded. And it's all based around rooms, with the speakers on what they call stages. You can enter and exit a room quietly. Uh, moderators can allow users to raise hands and also allow those raised hand people on stage to speak. You can mute and unmute yourself, and if you do it rapidly, that's you applauding something that was said. People can click to view followers and clubs, more about those in a sec, that each individual is a part of. So keep it clean, you perverts. Or don't, it's your life. The system doesn't allow sliding into DMs, so you'll want to attach your Twitter or whatever else so people can contact you to network. There are also what they call clubs, which can create their own network and have members and followers. When someone you follow gets on stage in a room, you get a notification, which can get crazy, so you can change notification settings per person so you're not being bombarded with them. You can choose interests, which helps the algorithm know what to show you. And to see the algorithm do its stuff, you can leave and go into the hallway, where you'll see content based on your interests, clubs you belong to or follow, and people you follow. Naturally, you can start a room. There are three types, open for anyone, social for just your network, or closed for people you follow. Then you can add a topic and a name of the room. There's also a calendar so you can add future events. Now, since the audio industry is paying attention to this new kid on the block, and imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, someone is no doubt thinking of how to use the aspects of Clubhouse that appeal to people in a podcast format. So what would make podcasts more Clubhouse-like? I feel like Clubhouse and podcasts have a shared ancestor, and it's talk radio, with Clubhouse especially resembling local call-in shows that you hear a lot in North America, especially outside of larger cities. These tend to be pretty wide-ranging and hyper-local, with talking about things that would be completely incomprehensible to anyone outside of the local area. Local politics and events, farming, fishing and hunting news, literally anything. The basis here is that there's a dialogue between presenter and listeners, which is not something that's built into the podcast format. Now, since the podcast format is so established, is there a way to link them thematically, for example, using hashtags? Right now, when you listen to a podcast on a given subject or with a given person, Spotify will present you with three options often containing the same subject. 
What if podcasters could choose hashtags, similar to what you see on Twitter, to have a real dialogue between episodes? Then they could let users follow those hashtags as well. That's really interesting, Matthew. And I thought I'd end with a few thoughts based on your description of the user interface. First, those rooms really sound like an old school online tool that some of us might be familiar with. Facebook groups. But Facebook doesn't all happen at once. People post on their own time. So for instance, I'm part of some music groups and some barbecue groups, and there's people from all over the world, all different time zones with different schedules, who when they have some time will log on and post a message or a photo. And that's, I think, the big difference between Clubhouse and Facebook. And it's technically the difference between synchronous and asynchronous content, meaning between things happening at different moments, asynchronous, and happening all at once, synchronous. So Clubhouse brings the community aspect of Facebook with the immediacy or synchronous aspect of real-time call-in radio. Once you break it down in this way, you start to see how Facebook could quickly embed some of these features into their existing platform. They already have the group infrastructure and would just need to allow for groups to gather in real time on the platform. It's also easy to see how Anchor and its live podcast recording options were made to compete with this by offering tools for different community members in different parts of the world to chat and record in real time. And so to wrap it up, I think it actually makes a lot of sense that a big part of Clubhouse is moderators. By having people post at different times in the old way on Facebook, it's easier to moderate a Facebook group. Moderators have more time to go through each post, remove the ones that don't fit, and let the rest happen. Of course, if you've ever been on a YouTube chat room, you'd know it's quite a bit harder to do in real time, especially when everyone can post all at once. So having a fixed moderator that grants permission to speak, the Clubhouse model, is one way to deal with this issue. And that's where we'll leave it for this week's episode. Next, we have Vic with This Day in Podcasting. How do you make money with a podcast? When people see million-dollar deals signed by Joe Rogan or The Ringer Network, they might think, wow, I can just talk and talk and talk and make a huge profit off it? Nice. Now, the reality is that a good chunk of podcasters you'll hear are doing this completely for free. But there's one website you've probably seen your favorite creators, YouTubers, gamers, and of course podcasters use these past few years. Patreon. Patreon was launched in 2013 by Sam Yam, a Stanford-educated Silicon Valley tech guy, and Jack Conti, a former indie musician who quotes his own struggles in generating revenue as inspiration for Patreon. The concept took up pretty quickly. Within 18 months, Patreon claimed they had 125,000 patrons, users who were donating to different shows, musicians. They also claimed they were sending over a million dollars a month to creators. In 2017, four years after their launch, they announced that $100 million had been sent out. In November of 2020, six years after its start, Patreon decided to take things one step further. It teamed up with Acast, a Swedish company which works as a hosting platform and also gives podcast creators analytics about their show. So what does this partnership change? 
Well, podcast creators can now directly include a link to their Patreon page on their show notes on any platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The listener is sent to a page where he'll be able to sign up and become a patron. He'll then have access to shows available exclusively to paying listeners on the app he usually uses. Again, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. This makes having access to paywalled episodes much easier, as you won't have to switch apps anymore and head to patreon.com. It's a huge incentive for both listeners and creators to accept paywalls. In the very near future, podcasts may not be available, or available in full, for free. And this may lead to a more active engagement from listeners and, hopefully, better monetization for podcasters. That brings to a close this episode of Metapod. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave feedback. We promise we'll read it.